This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'm really honored to have Dr. Tina Wismer, who's a senior director at the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center based out of Urbana, Illinois, joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about a scary but really important topic, some of the most deadly poisons out there. We'll be right back after these messages. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we have Dr. Tina Wismer, who's a senior director of the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, and she's a board-certified veterinary toxicologist. Dr. Wismer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Now, I wanted to talk to you about some of the deadly poisons that dogs and cats and other species can get into. But before we begin, I was just wondering if you could give us a little bit of background about who you are, where you trained, what you do, and what the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center actually does. Sure. So I am a boarded veterinary toxicologist. I went to school at uh, Purdue University, got my um, doctor of veterinary medicine from there, and worked in both emergency and small animal practice before joining the Animal Poison Control Center, oh my gosh, over 20 years ago now. So I went through their training program and uh, passed the exam to become board certified. So I'm a specialist in veterinary toxicology. So what we do here is we take phone calls from both the public and from the veterinarians about potential pet poisoning situations. So if you drop your blood pressure medication, you call me and I'm going to ask what kind of medication, how many, what kind of pet, how much does it weigh? Does it have any health problems? And determine whether or not this is going to be a problem for you. Maybe you can stay home or maybe we're going to need to see the veterinarian. Thank you so much for that great information. It is so important that you make sure to pre-program your cell phone with your veterinarian's phone number, the ER vet, and the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Centers because you never know when there's going to be a life-threatening emergency. So that number is 888-426-426. 4435. Now that number is available 24-7 a day and there is a small consultation fee that is included 
But that includes all follow-up phone calls with your veterinarian and with you regarding that case. And that's really important because it may actually be less expensive when you call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center and they give you advice on what to do. There are some times where the situation isn't poisonous or they can potentially help you induce vomiting in your dog, never in cats. You have to go straight to your vet if it's a cat poisoning. But you may not even need to go to that ER vet to begin with. So when in doubt, make sure to pre-program your cell phone. I'm also gonna tell you, I always advise pre-programming your GPS in your car too for your regular veterinarian and the emergency vet too. So Dr. Wismer, I wanted to talk to you today about a really serious problem. Now, while I think the majority of poisonings out there in dogs and cats are treatable at your ER vet or your vet, there are a handful that can be deadly. When you think of some of the really deadly poisons out there, I just wanted to help educate pet owners so when they hear of these medications, they know they need to seek care immediately. What are some of the most deadly poisons that you see out there nowadays? And you're right. We can find these not only in the medicine cabinet, we can find them in the garage. I mean, we can find them in plants too. So probably the most deadly toxin that we see is ethylene glycol. So antifreeze, the stuff that we use in our car to keep our radiator from freezing. I think that dogs and cats would eat this, but I do believe that in the majority of situations, it's a little bit sticky and sweet. Is that correct? Correct. It is a little bit sweet. And especially dogs that don't have access to fresh water will drink antifreeze instead because it's in the liquid form. And cats, unfortunately, will too. And it doesn't take a whole lot, unfortunately, to cause severe problems in our animals. So what are some of the signs that we would see with it and what should we do right away? Sure. So ethylene glycol is actually an alcohol. So just like if you or I, you know, had a glass of wine or two, animals initially may look a little drunk, a little wobbly. But then what happens is crystals actually start to form in our kidneys and it changes the pH of the blood. So animals typically die from kidney failure. And it happens very quickly. If you think your pet has contacted any type of ethylene glycol, this is one of those emergency situations where you do not wait. You go directly to your veterinarian. So we know it can cause that drunkenness really quickly. And I know that in the cats that I've treated in the ER, if we don't see your cat within three hours, there's almost 100% fatality. The good thing about this one is there's an antidote. So you don't mind just telling us about what the antidote or antidotes are? Can we give these at home? Are they readily available? Are they expensive? And how long does my pet potentially have to be hospitalized for? So this is something that we want to get the pets in right away and get them started on the antidote. There are two different antidotes. One is called 4-MP. The other is actually ethanol, right? The same stuff that's in alcohol that makes us drunk. And they both do the same thing. They inhibit an enzyme that breaks down the ethylene glycol. So the parent compound, the ethylene glycol itself, is much less toxic than its metabolites. So the problem is once those metabolites form and we end up with kidney disease, there's not a whole lot we can do about that. So we want to get the antidote in as soon as possible. Cost-wise, using ethanol 
is going to be less expensive in most cases than using the 4-MP antidote. But it really depends upon what your veterinarian has on hand and whichever one they have, that's the one we're going to use because we don't have time to wait to get the other one. So we put our animal on a high rate of intravenous fluids, so fluids into the vein, and we give the antidote that way also. Unfortunately, you know, trying to give our pets beer or vodka by mouth to treat antifreeze doesn't really work. Um, we need a small amount over a large period of time. So these animals are treated for one to two days, typically. What happens if a dog or cat is already in kidney failure? So say the poisoning happened 24 hours ago, are they still potentially savable or what's the prognosis? So in many cases, they don't make it. But if you're willing, um, we can have a shot and put them on fluids and see if we can bring those kidney values down and make our animal more comfortable. But that patient is probably always going to be a chronic kidney failure patient. I will say, depending on where you live in the world, there may be the option for hemodialysis. That typically has to be done really, really early, and it can be quite costly because a special type of catheter has to be put in, 24-7 care has to be done for several days. So I know, at least in some locations where I've practiced, it typically costs about ten to 15000 U.S. dollars. And again, another reason why it's so important that you keep your pets away from antifreeze. This is one of the reasons why I like keeping cats indoors. I'm always paranoid. It only takes them, you know, a teaspoon or two to be poisoned. So I do worry about accidental poisoning or rarely even intentional poisoning. What's the second really deadly poison that dog and cat owners need to be aware of? So the second one is something a little, say, odd or rare. It's something called 5-fluorouracil or 5-FU. And this is actually an ointment that you typically get from your doctor or from your dermatologist. And if you have any little skin cancers like basal cell carcinoma, they'll have you put this on those spots, especially on your face. So what it is, it's actually chemotherapy, right? It's killing the cancer cells. But most of us don't think of ointments as being that dangerous. But unfortunately, this one is. If your dog or cat licks some of this ointment or chews on the tube, chemotherapy attacks any rapidly dividing cell in your body. So what happens to these pets is initially they vomit, they get bloody vomiting and bloody diarrhea. They can have very hard to control seizures. And if you get them through that, up to a week or two later, they can have problems with their bone marrow. So they're no longer producing red blood cells or white blood cells. So they can become septic and die. So 5-FU, horrible ointment to have around. I've seen a lot of patients die from this or get euthanized from 5-FU. And again, most people think, ah, because I put it on my skin, it's not a big deal. But again, it's called 5-FU. So I always say you should be thinking of pho when you see that your dog got into this. You never want to leave this on the counter. You never want to let your dog or cat lick lotions or medications off of you, especially if they're prescription. And 
the few times I've seen dogs survive this, they often have to be hospitalized for five to seven days. And that could be five to $7,000. I've seen really severe vomiting, really severe seizures from this. And I've actually seen dogs get septic where they have bacteria get into the bloodstream. And that's because again, that bone marrow suppression from the chemotherapy. So if you go to a human dermatologist and they prescribe this for you, if anyone in your family or you were diagnosed with skin cancer, please make sure to keep the topical version away. Now, if your dog or your cat, and it's mostly dogs, but if your dog is undergoing chemotherapy with a veterinary oncologist, or with your veterinarian, sometimes we'll use IV 5-FU in dogs, especially if they have breast cancer or mammary gland tumor. IV is different than the dermal or the topical. So again, don't freak out if your vet is giving this IV. It's not commonly used, but sometimes is used as part of chemotherapy in dogs. But again, even one one ounce tube can kill a dog. So definitely keep that one out of reach too. We'll continue with this really important topic about some of the deadly medications that may be in your house or the deadly poisons that may be in your garage right after these messages from our sponsors. heard the saying, music soothes a savage beast, right? Well, it's true. If your fur baby is experiencing symptoms of stress and anxiety, such as dogs cowering in fear from fireworks or loud noises, destroying clothing or furniture, excessive barking or separation anxiety, then you want to check out Whole Tones. Whole Tones is a solution where you get a home speaker that you just plug in and it's preloaded with over 50 minutes of specially composed original music. The Whole Tones solution provides total peace for your pet without any potential side effects of drugs and tranquilizers. Provide music to your pet while you're away at work. It's safe, effective, and guaranteed to work or your money back. Visit WholeTonesForPets.com and use promo code VET, that's V-E-T, to receive $10 off. That's WholeTonesForPets.com and promo code VET. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet. We're talking about some of the deadly poisons that can affect dogs and cats. And I'm talking to Dr. Tina Wismer about how we can treat it, how we can recognize it. And so far, we've talked about antifreeze, which is often called ethylene glycol. Really high concentrated amounts, usually what you use to put into your car, are deadly. And it only takes a couple of teaspoons or tablespoons to potentially kill a dog or cat. We talked about the topical chemotherapy, 5 fluorouracil or 5-FU that's typically used for skin cancer. What are some other dangerous poisons that we really need to be aware of? Again, these poisons that we're talking about can kill a dog or cat with even a small amount. So there's another medication, not extremely common, but it's used to treat tuberculosis and it's called isoniazid. And isoniazid is a medication um, that when dogs ingest it causes uncontrollable seizures. And unfortunately, many dogs can die from this before they can get to the veterinarian. So how common is it? Is it typically in someone's house in their bathroom cabinet? Or is it something that is relatively rare? 
it is relatively rare. We don't have a whole lot of cases of poisoning over you know, a year's time, but it certainly can happen. There is an antidote. It's actually vitamin B6, but unfortunately, it's something that a lot of veterinarians do not have in the clinic. Some of the signs of isoniazid, what does a pet owner have to be aware of right away? So when animals get into this with dogs, typically we see seizures starting within you know, a couple of hours. Um, and so people need to be aware that these animals need to see the veterinarian immediately. I will say I've treated a couple of patients that got into isoniazide, and this is one of the dangers of just looking on Google or the internet. You think, oh, I'm just going to look it up and see what this is. Oh, it's just an antibiotic. That's not a big deal at all. And even veterinary professionals may say that because most oral antibiotics, when dogs and cats get into it, it usually just causes some vomiting and diarrhea. Well, not so with isoniazide. With isoniazide, we actually published a study together with information from the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, and almost 90%, if not over 90% of dogs showed clinical signs of poisoning immediately. And the biggest clinical sign we see again is seizures. And even as a veterinary professional, when I reach for a bunch of different type of anti-seizure medication, what we call anticonvulsants, it's still really hard to control these seizures. So when we end up seeing uncontrolled seizures, we end up seeing lack of blood flow to the brain, lack of oxygen to the brain, and then we end up seeing secondary brain swelling. It can be fatal, and we don't want a dog to die from seizures. So thankfully, this one does have an antidote. And do you mind just giving us a little bit of information on the antidote? I know you said it was vitamin B6, but can I use what's in my cabinet? Can I use my vitamins? Or where exactly do I get this? Oh, that would be wonderful if we could use the oral form. But unfortunately, what we need is the injectable form, right? The form that's liquid that we can give intravenously. So human hospital um, or a uh, inpatient pharmacy is usually where we need to get this from. Even though isoniazid has an antidote, keep in mind that your pet may need to be hospitalized for several days. So it's going to need IV fluids. It's going to need the IV antidote, the vitamin B6. It's going to need anti-seizure medication, anti-vomiting medication, so it doesn't aspirate or inhale its vomit and get a severe pneumonia from it. It may need treatment for brain swelling or lack of oxygen to the brain. So we want to make sure with isoniazide, again, not a really common antibiotic. Again, it's mostly for tuberculosis, but it is one that is seen. And in other countries, I've seen malicious poisoning with this too. So you really want to be careful. Again, not very common, but can be really dangerous. Any other poisons that are deadly that you want to give us some information on just to help keep our dogs and cats safe? Yes, there is actually an over-the-counter medication called 5-HTP or 5-hydroxytryptophan. And people take this as dogs. If they get too much of this, it can actually cause um, seizures and heart rhythm abnormalities and potentially death. So how common is this? And is there anything I can do at home? So say my dog just got into my container of it. Should I induce vomiting or when should I not induce vomiting? So if it has been within the first 10 to 15 minutes and you have the appropriate items at home to induce vomiting, we can try it once 
But the signs happen pretty quickly. You know, we can start to see problems within, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. So many times the safest thing is to put the dog in the car and take it on into the veterinarian. Other dangerous poisons we need to know about? So one plant we need to be aware of is being extremely deadly is the U plant. So Y-E-W. Very common. A lot of people use it around their house as a foundation planting because it's an evergreen and it stays green all year round. Unfortunately, this plant has compounds in it that can directly stop the heart. So animals that get into the yew bush definitely need to see the veterinarian right away. Now, what are some of the signs of getting into you? And I will say you is everywhere. We have it as a landscaping bush around our patio. I remember being traumatized when I was uh, relatively young. My little sister and I were outside collecting these yew berries in our hands while we were waiting for my mom to come out of the post office. And this grandmother-like figure came up to us and said, don't eat those berries or you'll die. What do we need to know? What signs are dogs and cats going to show? And I'm going to say, if you have horses or cattle and you're listening, please make sure to pay special attention because this one is really deadly to large animal too. Yes. So you may see some stomach upset in these cases, but I hate to say it. Typically, it's sudden death, right? The compounds stop the heart. They stop the electrical impulses and the animals basically have cardiac arrest and die. Oh, a cure. Is there an antidote for this one? Because of all the really deadly ones we have talked about so far, there are antidotes, which is relatively rare, but thankfully they usually have antidotes. What about with this one? Sorry, no antidote for the you. What we do is if we know an animal has ingested some, but they're not having any problems, is we may induce vomiting at the veterinarian and or we may give a dose of activated charcoal to stop the substances from being metabolized out of the plant and getting into the bloodstream. It sounds like it's another one where you need to get to your veterinarian or your ER vet right away, or to call the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center to find out if that plant is even poisonous. Now, keep in mind with any poisoning, I always tell people the sooner you recognize that it's poisonous, the sooner you seek veterinary attention or call ASPCA for life-saving advice, the better the prognosis for your dog or cat and the less expensive it's going to be because a lot of times we can decontaminate your pet at home. That may be by inducing vomiting or we can do it more effectively at the veterinary clinic. We can treat with different types of medications such as activated charcoal or cholesterol, a medication to help bind up the poison from being absorbed which is symptomatic supportive care, like IV fluids, blood pressure monitoring, electrocardiogram or heart monitoring, some blood work, anti-vomiting medication, and supportive care, a lot of poison patients do really well. But it is always important to keep in mind that a few can be deadly, and that's why we talked about those today. So again, with antifreeze, with isoniazide, 5-FU, some of these prescription medications, a few deadly plants like you, we need to get to the vet right away. Last plan I wanted to talk to you about, what about blue-green algae? Once in a while, we'll get these email scares about blue-green algae being seen in this one pond. I do see that sometimes that does kill quickly. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of information about this plant? Yeah, last year was a very bad year for blue-green algae. So blue-green algae is actually a little one-celled organism, and we tend to see it growing in more 
stagnant type bodies of water, right? Places that are shallow, that get a lot of sunlight, and we see these blooms happen. And then what happens is something like weather or wind will cause these little cells to rupture and they release toxins. Now, there are two types of toxins that we can see with blue-green algae. One is a neurotoxin. The other is a liver toxin. Both are extremely poisonous to all mammalian species and even to fish. So with the neurotoxin, these actually hit very quickly, within minutes. You know, the typical history is I threw the stick into the pond, the dog went out and retrieved the stick. And, you know, by the time he gets back on shore, he's wobbly like he's drunk. He may be tremoring, seizuring, and then he dies. With the liver form, these animals will seem pretty normal for a few hours. And then what happens is the toxin basically, it almost dissolves the liver. So these animals internally bleed. So they're weak, they're pale, they may have some vomiting or diarrhea, but they're going into liver failure. And so typically these animals die within hours after exposure. Blue-green algae poisoning is so frustrating because we see sort of green scum on lakes all the time. And I would say the majority of the time, it's not an issue. But this makes me, even as an ER vet, really paranoid about letting my dog swim in water that has any green or any bluish scum or algae on the surface because it only takes a tiny mouthful to result in severe poisoning. And the few times I've seen it, it's too late to treat. The dogs have died in route to the vet or they're already in fulminant severe liver failure. So again, when in doubt, always bring your own water. If you're exercising or hiking with your dog, try not to let them swim in water that you see has any kind of surface plant material on it that looks like algae. There's no way of us being able to identify it without a diagnostic lab looking at it. So again, safest thing you can do is keep your dog out of the water on a hot summer day. I know you want to cool them down, but it could be really dangerous if it rarely has that blue-green algae on it. Dr. Wismer, so much amazing information. Really appreciate it. Any last few tips or websites or phone numbers you want to leave with us so pet owners can be better advocates for themselves and their pets and keep their dogs and cats safe? Sure. So if you suspect that your animal has been poisoned, or if you're worried about it, call your veterinarian, right? Call the emergency clinic or call us. We would rather be able to tell you, no, it's not going to be a problem than to have you wait until it is an issue. So a couple places you can find good information. Our website is aspca.org, or you can give us a call at 888-426-4435. Thank you so much for taking the time to help all our pet owners out there keep their dogs and cats safe. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at drjustinelee, or email me at drjustine at PetLifeRadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Dr. Wismer, the Senior Director of the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center, and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.